He said, yeah. Season didn't start. No, oh, oh, that's right. Yeah. These are the way too the... early projections. <laughs> He'll <laughs> wait till the playoffs start. Right. He'll be yeah, in the right. playoffs. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm good, though. Say you good. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. It is once again time for the Jack Wagon Sports Podcast here on the Jack Wagon Network. Uh, we have a lot to bring to you guys again this week. Uh, no golf this time, but we still have NASCAR, hockey, college football, and NFL to get into. Um, we, Slade's in Florida right now, so excuse his leggy connection, but let's go ahead and get started with this week's show. Uh, Slade, I'll throw it over to you. My boy got it done in NASCAR this week. Uh I did not see this coming at all. Uh, he he really showed up when it came to just the stage points, too. I mean, just look at his first stage. He took third. Second, he won. And then he won the race. I mean, a lot of drivers going into this said that they were going to kind of play it safe in the back, not really worry about stage points, just trying to finish the race. And so I found it very surprising that his team, being in the hole that they were after they started the playoffs and just have been horrible in the playoffs thus far, They've really, really needed that restart that they get at the end of each round, especially the first one that we've seen so far, just to be able to kind of give them some breathing room. So it was it was really good for him and the team. And I think it's really going to give them a great, greater chance to make it into the final four now because he gets more playoff points added into his already bundled up total. Yeah, uh, it, was, it was a really good race this weekend. Uh, we didn't have a big one, which is surprising, and the tires weren't too, too terrible this past week. Uh, I think everybody also played it, like, really conservative with the tires, with that being said. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it was a pretty clean race. We had a few accidents, but but no big wreck. Uh, and, of course, when you go to super speedway races, that's everybody hangs in the back. They just want to avoid that big wreck, and then, hey, we'll go for it. Uh, a lot of the guys got caught out by that because, hey, we're going to hang in the back, we're going to hang in the back, and then it, it just never came. I think right after the finish line, Jimmy Logano is the one that came over his radio. He said, there, there was no wreck. Like that, that's it. Like the race is over. Um, but uh, otherwise, it was a really good race. I mean, we had a great, you know, coming down to the finish there with Eric Jones pushing Chase Elliott, uh, you know, able to surge ahead at the last minute to get a win. Uh, and now we're heading to a track this weekend at the Roval, which Chase Elliott has won twice. I, I believe he's won twice. Uh, but he's mm-hmm. he's always really good there. Uh, it, this is one of his best tracks. He dominates his track. Um, and we'll, we'll take a look here at the playoff field real quick heading into that race. Um, but with Alex Bowman still being out, it's more than likely he's going to get eliminated unless, you know, something crazy happens where Cindric, Byron and Bell and even Briscoe get knocked out the first lap or something like that. But even then he's still not able to make up points. Um, so that's unfortunate for him. We really wanted to see it, but even looking down the, the rest of the list here outside of Larson, uh, Blaney won the inaugural race at the Roval. Uh, but even then he still runs decently there, but, um, Maybe even Suarez, but really outside of that, I don't see anybody this weekend outside of a big surprise uh, that could go out there and, and get another win outside of, like I said, Elliott or even Larson, who won there last year. Um, get your guys' thoughts on that real quick and, and who you think is going to win and, and who were the other three drivers getting knocked out this week? 
Yeah. Um, so first, I just want to say uh, Chase Elliott. It was good to see him, uh, you know, back at the top. Uh, especially was it last week or the week before that he was was running in first and ended up wrecking? I think it was, it was last, last week. week. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you know, nice to see him bounce back. And you know, when you're somebody that's in a hole and you know everybody, you know everybody else is going to be playing it safe. I mean, kudos to him and his team for saying, hey, uh, you know, if we got an opportunity, this is it. And they went out and they took that opportunity and made the most out of it. So. Um, you know, it's nice to see on a weekend uh, a racing team's plan actually, you know, work how they how they plan it out. Um, as far as the playoffs go, like you said, Alex Bowman, it, that's an unfortunate situation, but it is what it is. Um, I'm really surprised to see Christopher Bell down there in the second to last spot after the start that he had he had to the playoffs. Um, but that's racing. Uh, as far as um, I, I don't think that I, I see him making it out. He's down there a good ways, um, you know, barring anything crazy. As far as the other two that are up there, Cindric uh, definitely, you know, has a chance to keep himself in this. Um, I, you know, it, it's one of those things where anything could happen. Uh, it's not like he's you know, far out of it or anything like that. Um, I, I think, I think there's a pretty good chance that those bottom four main or stay the bottom four. Um, I, you know, I, I think that Chase Briscoe could put in a good race here, but I guess we'll find out this weekend. Uh, Slade. Yeah, so I think that the person I think is going to win this weekend is uh, Brian Blaney. I think that he's been sneakily good for the entire season. I mean, we saw him. He almost missed the playoffs with with not having won, but being like, I think, fifth or sixth in points at the time. Um, mm-hmm. I think that in this past weekend, he was up there. He is the one that took second place at uh, Talladega. So it's just he, he's knocking on the door every single weekend. So I think that eventually it has to happen. The very first race here, he was the one that was crossing for the checkered flag win when Johnson was backwards in the, the last turn there. Uh, when him and, uh, who was it, uh, Martin Trick Yeah. Um, someone else I think that, that of the bottom four, I think Christopher Bell has the best chance of being able to get some stage points this weekend and possibly getting a win. He's really good at the uh, road course races. So... It'll be interesting to see if he's able to dig himself out. He's got a, a big hole that he's in right now, but yeah. Yeah, I think, like you said, Bell has the best chance out of anybody in that bottom four right now to work themselves out. Uh, we saw he won the Daytona road course last year. That was his first career win. So he's proven before that he is very good on this style of racetrack uh, and road courses in general. Uh, one thing I think will be interesting you know, looking into this weekend and, and watching in person um, is – is Hamlin willing to bury Chastain going into turn one and, and ruin his season effectively? Uh, that'll be super interesting to see. And, you know, I don't think he'll just, if there's no point in doing it, he won't go out there and do it. But if, it, you know, Chastain is either struggling or if it's early in the race and he's like, hey, I can get this guy out of the playoffs. Um, I think he would absolutely do it. But at the same time, I think he's also smart enough that he understands that there's still four races left after this that Chastain has a chance to then ruin his, you know, his chances at a championship. Uh, but just something I think will be interesting to, to see. This is usually, this is the race last year, you know, where we saw a lot of rivalries come to head. We saw Chase, uh, Chase Elliott and Kevin Harvick go at it and ended up getting Chase or uh, Kevin Harvick knocked out of the playoffs. Um, so this almost acts like a, a short track does where, you know, these rivalries and tempers boil over. Uh, so I'm excited to be there in person on Sunday. I think it's gonna be a lot of fun. Um, but as far as who gets eliminated this week, uh, I'm going to keep Bell in the elimination. Like I said, I think he has the best chance to get out, but I think he, he gets knocked out this week. 
Um, Cindric and Briscoe going in tied. Briscoe just hasn't showed me a lot on the road courses. Cindric hasn't been great, but he's he's been a little bit more consistent than Briscoe and finishes a little higher. So I think Cindric jumps Briscoe uh, and not, knocks Briscoe out. Uh, moving on, uh, like we said, that'll be Sunday at 2 o'clock Eastern. That'll be on NBC. Uh, it is time once again for our NHL season preview to continue. Uh, we're going to shift gears and head over to the Western Conference this week. Uh, last week, we picked Slade's brand new team. Uh, and so we're going to get right into it here. Uh, so I'll just get you guys' most improved teams uh, for this season heading in. Uh, this is the Western Conference again. Slade, uh, I'll let you go first. Yeah, so I honestly just think that they're going to be able to improve on last season. I don't see them being like this stellar team this season, this uh, Oilers or Avalanche or anything like that. I just saw them as kind of like a middle-of-the-pack team that I think that can improve on last season. Nick? Obviously, you picked your own team, but I, I did pick my own team, but um, it was it was unbiased. Uh, you know, we made a couple good additions, a couple great additions. Uh, you think about last year, one of our biggest issues was offense. Um, you know, at, it goes in any sport. A, a good defense is a great offense. Um, I don't necessarily think our offense is going to be great or even elite, but it's going to take a step up from the lackluster performance we put on last year. Um, we did add a couple pieces on the defensive side. And Philip Grubauer had the lowest save percentage in the NHL last year. Uh, but he also, um, before that season, I believe his career average was a .920. Um, so we know that that Grubauer can do it. Uh, obviously, he was facing a whole lot of shots, a whole lot of pressure. Um, when you're not in the opponent's side of the ice, your defensive people get tired. They can't make shifts. It makes it very stressful on a goalie. Um, so I, I think overall as a team, we're going to get better. We're going to put more points on the board. I forget the number exactly, but I want to say that there was 32 games. If you don't count empty net goals, there was 32, somewhere around 32 games that we lost by one goal. Like I said, not counting empty net goals. Um, so even though we were last in the Pacific Division, I don't, I don't think that that necessarily uh, translated to exactly what kind of team we were. And like I said, you know, one goal differences, and now we got some offensive help. Uh, Matty Beniers is going to play a full season, you know, hopefully barring injuries or anything. Um, Shane Wright, uh, who we drafted fourth overall this year, is good on offense. And then we brought in two offensive pieces, um, you know, through free agency. So I, I think that this team is going to look a whole lot better than last place in the division. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I absolutely agree with you. I think Seattle is going to be one of the most improved teams. I don't think they're quite at playoff level yet, but they're definitely working there. And I, I told you this many times last year. I think they're one of the best run uh, organizations in, in all of the NHL. Uh, the way that they, they learned so much from how Vegas went in and just ruined their franchise basically in two years. Um, they, they've been really smart. They said, hey, you know, we could go out there and be in a win-now situation, but we know that doesn't set us up for the future. They have set themselves up really nicely for the future. I think this is going to be a, a team they're, you know, reckoned uh, with here in a few years, two, maybe three years. Uh, but again, far improved this year. Uh, maybe – you know, depending on how things shake out, they could challenge for the wild card. But uh, I don't think they're on Colorado's level or anything like that. No, and I, I know that's <laughs> I'm not, not sure if anybody is on yeah. Colorado's level. Um, as far as my most improved team, I went with uh, Vancouver. Uh, again, I, I think that they had a team, especially in the later half of the year, that could challenge for the playoffs. They were just too far in, you know, behind at that point. I think they made some really good additions in the offseason. This is a city. This is a franchise that is starving and dying to get back the playoffs uh I, I think they have the team to do that this year uh we saw last year there was plenty of teams that we thought were going to be one and done in the first round 
Uh, I think this is a team that if they get into the playoffs, they can absolutely challenge and, and make a decent run in the playoffs. Uh, and so I went with Vancouver. Uh, that is our most improved teams. Shifting over uh, our most declined teams. Slade, I'll have you go first. Yeah, so I think that last season, um, Minnesota Wild did really great and they made it to the postseason. But I think that the fact that we had talked about it before, um, them bringing in Marc-Andre Fleury, uh, just not – or maybe like doubling down on the goalie system and just being able to give a break to their to their starters and his name is like Gustavuson or something like that, right? Last year it was. Oh, um, but what, whatever his name is, he, and he's the one that they've been playing in the preseason stuff so far. Plus, I, I think anything like the NFL, like they're like the Steelers. They started this preseason out; they're like four and one right now. The Steelers always start four and zero or something like that, and then they tank the whole season. So that's just kind of why I went with the Wild and being the client team this season. Uh, Nick, yeah, um, I went with Calgary on this one, and I want to come right out and say I don't think that it's going to be a huge drop. I still have. Uh, Calgary making the playoffs, um, but I just don't think there was a point at last season where, where we thought that this team could compete with Colorado. Um, now, as it came closer to the postseason, that kind of faded away. They went on a little bit of a cold streak, um, but I, I don't think we're going to see this team at any point anywhere up near that level. Uh, you know, like I said, I, I don't think it's going to be a huge drastic drop, but it's definitely going to be a drop from where we saw them last year. Yeah, I, I 100% agree with you. Again, this is still a playoff team. Uh, but when they lost all that talent, especially Johnny Gaudreau, the face yeah. of the franchise, and you, you only repre- replace it with Huberto, uh, I don't. They're they'll be good, but they won't be great. Uh, I went with Vegas. So we were talking about this before we got on here, Nick. Vegas is somehow second and second favorite to win the. Absolutely Western blows my mind. Um, no, I, yeah, no, no. I don't know what no. drugs they're doing over in Vegas to come up with these odds. Yeah, a thousand times no. Um, like this is a team that we watched absolutely just in I, I can't even think of the word, um, but just fall apart throughout the season. Uh implode. That's the word I was looking for. They just imploded throughout the year. Um and they, they've done nothing in the offseason because they can't, because they are absolutely in cap hell right now. They have so many crappy contracts on there. Um this is a this is a team that's not gonna be able to compete for a while. Uh last year they flirted with the wild card line. This year I don't even have them challenging for the wild card line. Uh, and so I, I think this is absolutely a team that will be hard to watch some nights. Not Coyotes level bad, but bad. Uh, moving on, uh, speaking of the Coyotes, Slade, let's get your picks for the playoff team. This is Slade's first official year hockey. Just, I, I just, I, I just need to. I mean, I, I don't like them based on their uh, logo now, but <laughs> other than that. So. Obviously, I started with the Avalanche and the Oilers. I think that both of them are going to be great teams for years to come, just based on the two players that I like to watch from them. Uh, the Blackhawks, the Blackhawks in the in the Flames. A lot of the same reasons that Nick had mentioned. I don't think their team is going to be the same because of Goudreau or whoever you guys said that that is leaving. But um, I think that they're still going to be a, a solid team. I don't think that one player runs the entire team, and except for if you're the Oilers. Um, and then I picked Dallas Stars. Um, I picked the Kings because in previous years when I was watching hockey, those were the people that were always on on the TV. So I figured they must be good if they get a lot of TV time. And then uh, I also picked the Ducks. 
along with the Coyotes, who I'm assuming is not a good pick at this point. <laughs> and, and the and the Blackhawks. Uh, hey, Coyotes and the Blackhawks. Can happen, yeah, but, anything can happen, but those are probably the two teams that are going to be fighting for, for the seller. Other than that, your, your other teams, I, I, I think, are good picks. Uh, and second off, the reason I didn't pick my own team is because in the thing that I pulled up, the Western Conference, it didn't have the Blues on there. Oof. So, so I was there. starting from the bottom from the beginning. <laughs> All right. In all fairness, we actually talked about this last night. It is very hard to find anything that tracks off like all the offseason moves of all the teams. And the three of us are nowhere near smart enough to remember all that stuff. So and being Slade's first year, we'll, we'll give him the pass. Um, so, yeah, obviously, Avalanche and Oilers, uh, they're locks to make the playoffs, barring any drastic injuries or implosions or anything like that. Uh, I went with the Wild. Um, I, I think that, you know, they were they were a good team last year. They made a couple additions. They did lose a couple pieces, too. But I think at the very least, they're going to be around about where they were last year. I think they could be even a little better. Um, Calgary already talked about it. I think they're going to be worse than they were last year, but not by a huge margin. I think they're still a playoff team. Um, the Blues were, in my opinion, probably one of the least talked about teams that deserve to be talked about more last season. Um, I think they're just on the cusp, you know, one or two more additions or even one very good addition away from, you know, being up there with the Oilers, maybe not quite the Avalanche because the Avalanche are just ridiculous. Um, but I think they have the pieces in place. Uh, they got some young talent. They got veterans. They got goalies uh, to make a run and, you know, possibly do something with it in the playoffs this year. Um, I lost track of where I was. The Did I just talk about the Blues? I just completely. I think so. Yeah. So I'm going to go to over here to the Ducks. Um, you know, they got one of the most talented younger players in the league. They added a couple pieces around him to, you know, kind of help him not have to carry the entire team. Um, this was a team that, you know, we earlier in the season last year, we kind of made fun of. And then as the season went on, um, you know, we've seen what Zegras could do. It, I think that they put all these pieces together. I think they could have a team that's pushing for playoff spots. Uh I have the Winnipeg Jets. Um, they were another team last year that was kind of floating on that line. Uh, we talked about it. I think we talked about it. Maybe we just talked about it in private. But either way, uh, the Jets are always one of those teams that, at the very least, is flirting with the playoffs. They seem to always put on, put a solid team on the ice. Um, never, I, I, I'm not too deep into hockey here. I got one year's experience. But just from you know what I've seen and a couple of things that I've seen in the past, they don't put a bad team on the ice. So this is a team that pretty much any given year you could put up there to, to be making the playoffs. And then uh, the last wild card spot, I put my team. Yes, I did slightly bias this pick, um, you know, but like, like I just said a couple minutes ago in hockey, anything can happen. If this is a team that can clean up, you know, those one point games that I mentioned earlier, uh, they could be a, a wild card team for sure. So it's going to be interesting to see. Yeah. Uh, with my teams, again, can't say enough about the avalanche and the Oilers. Uh, until somebody shows me that they're not going to team anymore, then uh, that's what I'm going to pick. Uh, with the Wild, again, consistently year in, year out, they do just enough in the regular season to get to the playoffs. Uh, once they get to the playoffs, they fall apart. Um, the Blues, again, they have a really strong core there. Uh, Slate will be very happy watching them this season. They'll, they'll do very good. They get to the playoffs. Uh, you know, They gave Colorado a run for the money in, in, in the second round there. Um, they lost Jordan Bennington. Uh, early in that series. Uh, so if they can keep him healthy throughout the whole season, this is definitely a team that can make a run for the for the cup again. I, I 
with the Predators, they can't. I think they're going to be flirting along with Winnipeg and Los Angeles for that last wild card spot. Um, I, I think it could be any one of those three teams. Um, for me, Nashville didn't do enough in the offseason to improve their team for me to be like, this is absolutely a playoff team. Again, they're, they're going to flirt with that line, but I think at the end of the day, they, they, they get in. Uh, I think I said today like five times there. Uh, on the other side, again, I just spoke for the highly about Can- the Canucks. I have them getting into the playoffs this year. The Ducks as well. Again, like you just said, they were really strong youth core. Uh, they'll, they'll be playing together a lot this year. They did make some investments in that team. Uh, I think they'll they'll be good enough to make the playoffs. Deep run, we'll have to see. And with the Stars, uh, with Ottinger and goal, I think anything is possible with that team. Um, they, they definitely put up some good offense with Jamie Benn, uh, Alexiak, and uh, Sagan. They're starting to get a little older now. Uh, they're going to be trying to make one last playoff run. Um, but we'll have to wait and see how that shakes out for them. And then the last thing with the Western Conference preview, and I don't think anybody surprised this, but our conference champion picks, and we're all on the avalanche, which means they're going to lose in the first round of the playoffs. Um, I was going to say, I, I don't know how well the jinx is going to work on this one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> maybe maybe a huge eight. to Makar or something <laughs> like that. But. Yeah, I, I mean, there's, again, at least from my point of view, until you show me that th- this team isn't going to be even better than they were last year, I think they got a severe upgrade and goal. Uh, one of the best offenses in the league. And then you have Tom, Kale McCarr on, on D. Uh, it's it's going to be tough to stop them, especially when you come playoff down, as long as they can stay healthy. Uh, moving on, it is now time for our NFL Week 4 review. Uh, I don't know why I just said it like that. But um, here is a look at all the scores from this past week. The Dolphins over the Bengals. Uh, of course, Tua leaves a game very early. Very scary to see. Uh, hopefully, he gets better soon. Uh, but Bengals get a much-needed win, 27-15 uh, over the Dolphins. Uh, there's a new breakfast sandwich uh, at uh, McDonald's with scrambled eggs, and it's called Tua's Brains. Um, moving on, uh, we had probably with the, the game of the weekend, uh, the Bills at the Ravens. The Ravens were up 20-3 to at one point in this game uh, and somehow lost. Uh, so shout-out to the Bills. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll gladly take that L on my record uh, for them to get a win. Nick, do you, do you want to talk about it or just move right past it? Uh, it? It was the same thing as last week. Just move right on past it. Okay. Uh, Cowboys 25, uh, Washington 10. Uh, shout out Cooper Rush, though. Uh, I hope he's the Yeah, I, I have to season. say, like, when Dak went out, I was like, oh, boy, here goes another Dakless Cowboys season. And Cooper Rush has, has stepped in very well, especially for losing, you know, one of the top receivers there at He's done a very good job. I hope he's a starting quarterback the rest of the year. Uh, moving on, uh, Tennessee at Indianapolis. Again, I, I told you guys, I told you, when there's snow on the ground in Vermont, Derrick Henry's unstoppable. Uh, I don't think he had an outstanding game, but he was he was pretty good. Uh, the Colts suck. Uh, uh, probably the surprising game of the week, uh, New England takes Green Bay to overtime with a Bailey Zappi at quarterback. I don't think anybody saw that one coming. Um, but... They lose in overtime, 27-24. There are so many, like, the, the best teams in the NFL to me this year are, like, just not good. Like, there's there's a clear divide between the Chiefs and the Bills, especially in the AFC, the Chiefs and the Bills, and then everybody else. But even on, the like, the NFC side, the Buccaneers, the, the, the Packers are supposed to, the Rams are supposed to be the best team in, in the NFC, and they don't look like and any – to me, usually when you watch these teams, okay, they're going to go out there and dominate every week. They might lose a couple games. They might have a close game here or there. 
they have yet to show me yet at all this season that, hey, we are a Super Bowl contender. We're, we're ready to go out there and play. I honestly think the Bears can probably hang with all of those teams for four quarters and somehow lose by a field goal. Obviously, the Packers just blew us out a few weeks ago, but still. I mean, I don't, I don't know what your guys' thoughts on that. That's because Aaron Rodgers has his name on the stadium. Yeah, pretty much. But, I mean, to me, it's just so weird. Like, there's not a clear-cut favorite out of the NFC yet. Like, the, the Lions have looked really good, especially on offense. They just can't figure out how to play defense. But, I mean, God forbid if they do that, they might, you know, go on a run here and, and make oh, yeah. it to the Super Bowl. But uh, I don't know what your guys' thoughts are on that. Yeah. Uh, first of all, Tom Brady, I said this, uh, and I will quote the exact text message I sent to my boys' group chat. Uh, Tom Brady gave up his wife and the mother of his kids to do his best Brett Favre impersonation. Um, he should have stayed retired when he had the chance. He'd still have a supermodel wife. Um, it, he'll probably lose the house. God knows what's going to happen. But either way, he gave it up uh, to be, what are they, one and three now? Or, yeah, one and three, I think. Um, and their offense, I'm surprised they put up 31 points. Their offense has not looked good. I know they were missing some receivers the first couple weeks. Um, but still, uh, just to watch Tom Brady throw has not looked great. Um, as far as the Rams go, Matthew Stafford, uh, uh, there's only so much you can do when you're staring down the same receiver all the time. Uh, it's no secret that uh, Cup is, I'm going to say Cooper, that Cup is, uh, you know, the best player on their team. But you got Allen Robinson there, who we all know is a very talented wide receiver. Um, you know, he doesn't have a whole lot to work with running backs. I think especially he's got to look at Allen Robinson. Um, the defense has pretty much played like you would expect them to. I mean, I don't think they've been top-level elite like we've seen from them in the past. Uh, but the Rams and the Buccaneers, who knows, you know, what's going to happen here. You know, they might be able to pick it up, uh, but it's hard to tell. But, yeah, I, I'm the same way. I, I don't see one team that I can look at in the NFC and say, yeah, I think these guys are Super Bowl contenders. Slade? I think the craziest thing that I've seen out of them is uh, the Lions. I saw some stat the other day that said, like, the Lions average, like, 30-some points a game, the most, and they've scored the most points so far this season total, but are, like, one in three on the season. Mm -hmm. I just think that that's crazy that they've scored the most points in the NFL and only won one game. And they average. It's not like it was just one game they scored 70 points to add to, like, their total or something like that. Yeah. No, they average 30 points a game. Yeah. Well, that's, Uh, like – in week two, when they played us going into the half, they had told it, or you know, the announcers had said about they led the NFL in like quarters that they've scored a touchdown, and I think they were at like 13 going into halftime against us week two. So, like, this is like I tried to tell people this is not a bad Lions team if they can get this defense figured out, which honestly was what kept them in games, especially early on last year. This could be a scary good team, and I did. I wanted to retract a statement as much as I hate to say it. I might even gag a little bit here as I try to say it, but if I'm picking a, a Super Bowl team from the NFC right now, it's it's got to be Philly. The defense looks great. The offense looks great. Um, as much as I want to hate on them, I can't. However, it's also Philly. Um, I'll throw a dollar in the swear jar. Fuck Philly. Um, and I, there's probably some sort of collapse waiting to happen somewhere in here. Uh, we're just waiting to see it. So. Uh, yeah, I, wrapping I, I, up. Oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I, I was going to agree with him in saying that I think Philly seems to be the be- the strongest team on that side, along with on the other side. Originally, I thought it was the Bills and the uh, Dolphins, but now that it was mixed up, um, I think that the Bills are definitely the best choice there. I did see just since you mentioned to it, um, the uh, one of the like leading uh, researchers or whatever into CTE and stuff. Um, I think he might have been the one that they made that movie about a couple years ago. 
straight up came out and said like to a like if i was you i'd hang up my helmet and be done so uh, we'll see how that you know plays out here uh wrapping up the week four games here the sunday night game uh the chiefs just rolled all over the patriots uh tom brady was too busy crying over the divorce papers and last but not least monday night we had the rams lose to the 49ers 24 to 9 uh again the 49ers are the hottest and coldest team in the nfl from week to week um but shout out to the guy. Yeah, shout out to the guy that had a 15 leg parlay, uh, and then went to Vegas on Fanduel's you know expense to watch his bet lose in person, and then he couldn't cash out because he was he put the bet in in Arizona and now he was in Nevada and they wouldn't let him mm. cash it out. Uh, so that sucks. Um, but moving on, let's get into some Week Five picks here. Uh, some interesting games. No Thursday night game because this is the first week we've had an absolutely trash Thursday night. Uh, Slate, uh, oh, excuse me. Sorry, we got to go over our standing so far. Uh, I'm at 15 and 14. Slate is at 13 and 15, and Nick is at 12 and 17. Uh, so now we'll get into the week five picks. Uh, starting on Sunday, we have the Chargers visiting the Browns. This will be 1 p.m. on CBS. Chargers open as a three point favorite. The over under is set at 48. Nick, who do you got? Yeah, uh, I got the Chargers in this one. I think this could be a very close game. Um, I, that three point spread, in my opinion, is probably pretty accurate. Um, uh, you know, the Browns obviously are, are going to do what they can do on the run. Um, so that Chargers off or defensive line is going to have to step up big. Uh, but I think that the Browns defense just isn't up to the level that we've been used to seeing the Browns defense be the couple years, which I think is really going to be the difference in this game. I think the Chargers are going to be able to score um, and score relatively willingly. Um, it's not necessarily going to be easy, but I think it's going to be enough to you know, give them seven to 10 points. Uh, Slade? Yeah, I agree. I'm going with the Chargers here. I think that Herbert's going to be back, and I think uh, he, he's going to be more himself now. Uh, he's going to be able to really sling the ball. I think that he was still dealing with some rib problems here the past few weeks, so I think that this is going to be his uh, first, like, true 100% game. Yeah, uh, he, he definitely started to look a little bit better last week. He looked absolutely terrible against Jacksonville. Uh, but he looked a little bit more himself this week. I think he continues to get there. Um, as far as the Browns go, I just don't see enough out of their offense. It, it runs through Nick Chubb, uh, and he can. their offense coordinator refuses to give him the ball in certain situations for some reason. Uh, and so I'm going to take the Chargers on the road. Uh, moving on, we have Tennessee at Washington. This will also be 1 p.m. on CBS. Tennessee opens as a 2.5-point favorite. The over-under is 42.5. I mean, Nick, we know who you're taking. Uh, so, Slade, who do you got? Yeah, I went with Tennessee. I think that Derrick Henry, in my opinion, he didn't, like, really show out last weekend like we kind of expected with the Vermont Snow Theory thing that you talked about. I think he, he went, like, he did enough. for just over 100 yards, one touchdown. He did enough. But I think that he still needs to get to that point where he's, like, 150, two touchdowns. Like, that's more his, like, speed, uh, like, his regular. So, I'm hoping that he gets back. Yeah, uh, I'm going with Tennessee as well. Again, not just Derrick Henry, but Washington's offense just hasn't shown me a lot. And, the, and their defense hasn't been outstanding, especially not – I don't think it's where any of us thought it would be uh, this year. I, th- I thought I think we all thought their defense would be what carried this team, and they have let them down in a lot of situations. Uh, so I'm going to go with Tennessee on the road. I uh, did just want to take a second to say that this isn't going to affect the game at all. Obviously, he's not going to be taking 100% of the snaps or nothing, but Brian Robinson – Shot in the knee, uh, I believe it was the last week of the preseason, is back on the practice field in 
in full pads uh, as of yesterday, I think it was, uh, which is just absolutely ridiculous to me. Uh, if you shot me in the knee, I'd probably be out the rest of my life. I'd, I'd probably never walk without a cane again. And this man's out here doing NFL practice. Uh, just shout out to him. Uh, next game up, we have the Dolphins at the Jets. Again, 1 o'clock on CBS. Miami opens as a three-point favorite. The over-under is 44.5. Zach Wilson returned last week. Uh, the MILF Slayer uh, picks up a big win in his first game back. Nick, who are you taking? Yeah, so obviously Miami without Tua. Their defense has been shaky. Really, their offense has been what's keeping them in games um, or winning them games, uh, I should say. Uh, you got Waddle, Tyreek Hill. The, the offense is going to move the ball, uh, but without Tua back there, it's just not as efficient. We've seen that after he went out. Um, and the Jets, this year, first of all, Zach Wilson undefeated this year. Uh, so good for him. Um, Maybe he's got Giselle in his bed now, so he might even start to play better. She might give him some tips that Brady told her throughout the years. Uh, but I, I think this Jets defense or Jets team before Zach Wilson got injured, um, I thought could have been not a great team this year, but a good. I think I had him as uh, well. I did have him as the most improved in their division. Um, so I'm interested to see how Wilson looks as he gets back out there. You know, he's got another week of practice under his belt since coming back. So I, it's going to be very interesting, but I'm I'm taking the Jets with this one. Slade? Yeah, same. same. I think I'm going to go with the Jets, mainly for the reason that Zach Wilson's back. I think that he's really going to be able to control the offense, and uh, he's he's really good at keeping his, his uh, social life off the field and just letting his uh, arm speak for itself on the field. Uh, I'm going to go the other way. I'm going to go with Miami. Uh, I, I think it was a little bit of shock last week when Tua went out. They, they thought they were going to have a all game. The team just couldn't recover. Uh, but Teddy Bridgewater is a very good and capable backup quarterback. Um, I, I, the Jets' offense is fine. It's their defense that worries me. Uh, this is a defense that can give up a lot of points in a hurry. Uh, and so for that reason, I'm going to take the Dolphins on the road. Uh, moving on, probably I think what, what all three of us think is going to be the game of the week. Uh, we have the – Eagles visiting the Cardinals. This will be 425 on Fox. Philly opens as a five-point favorite. The over-under is 49. Nick, who are you taking? Yeah, so I'm going to uh, be understanding here. I took Philly on this one. Like I said, at, at this point, if I had to pick a Super Bowl contender out of the NFC, it's got to be Philly with the way they've looked. Um, but I've also, every time that Arizona's been in a game that I thought they were going to get blown out in so far this year, uh, they've either won or kept it close. Uh, so I, I'm not... 100% confident picking Philly. You know, like I said, I, th I think there's a collapse, whether it be, you know, catastrophic or maybe just a minor collapse that kind of puts a speed bump in the season or whatever. Um, you know, I, I think one's coming eventually, and this could be the weekend that it happens. Arizona has been that team to just kind of play to their team, their opponent's level all, all uh, season so far. So I think this could be a game that they do. And being uh, in Arizona, I think, that if they can keep it close towards the end, they might be able to squeeze it out. Uh, Slade? Yeah, I went with Philly here also. I just think that they've been really on top of their on top of their uh, play calling here of recent. Uh, they also, I mean, I feel like they've been pretty good ever since we had that meme of uh, Jalen Hurts throwing the ball out of bounds and Tom Brady catching it, and he was, like, all excited about it. Uh, that was last <laughs> season. But ever since then, I feel like their team has been really, really jiving all together, and so I think that they're they're really able to try and capitalize on a division that we don't really see anyone else kind of really coming out as a star team. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with the Eagles as well. Uh, one, maybe this will jinx them, but two, I, again, until a defense is, is 
shows it's capable enough to slow down Jalen Hurts and, and that offense with Devontae Sims out on the outside. Uh, and Miles Sanders in the Miles Sanders is still the running back, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why for some reason I thought he wasn't. But yeah, uh, until somebody shows that they can sweat on this offense, uh, I'm going to go with the Eagles. Uh, the other 425 game, we have somehow an undefeated Cooper Rush at Los Angeles. Uh, this will be on Fox. Los Angeles opens as a four-and-a-half-point favorite, which I think is super disrespectful after the way they played the last few weeks. The over-under is at 43-and-a-half. Nick, who do you think? Yeah, uh, I went with L.A. on this one. Uh, this was probably my coin flip of the week game. Um, I want to hate on Dallas so bad, but Cooper Rush has been doing just enough to win games. Uh, obviously, last week he did more than just enough. We're not going to talk about that. Um, you know, L.A.'s got to get it together at some point this season. This game is in L.A. Uh, it, it's against a, you know, though though he's looked good, it's against a more inexperienced quarterback. Um, and we've seen that uh, McVay knows, you know, when he's got an inexperienced quarterback, how to, you know, him and his defense coordinator, get that defense to work against that uh, inexperienced quarterback. So if this is a week that, or if there's a time to get it together, I think this week is the week to do it. Um, Dallas, like I said, their their defense is, I thought was going to take a big step back, but it looks just as good, if not maybe a little better than it did last season. The turnovers aren't quite there like they were last year, but Parsons is still an absolute animal. Um, you know, Diggs, while he gets burnt all the time, uh, is still making plays. Uh, I think this is going to be an entertaining game, uh, maybe low scoring. Um, both teams might end up under 20 points in this game, but I'm, I'm going to take L.A. Yeah, I went with the opposite. I mean, I did think that it was going to be a coin flip type game. When I looked at this, I like George, I kind of thought that the four and a half points was a little disrespectful for, at first just because of the way the Rams have played here the last couple of weeks. But then I also kind of thought with what Nick was saying and that, I mean, the Rams have to bounce back here at some point. I don't know if it's going to be this week or not, but yeah. just for the reasoning as to being a coin flip when I was originally looking at it, I asked Eric's son what he thought, and he said Cowboys, so that's who we want. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, yeah, again, I, I agree. I think this is, is a coin flip game, uh, but I think it comes down to Dallas's defense we thought would – not that they were going to be bad, but I don't think anybody expected yeah. them to be playing as well as they have this year. Uh, their front seven has been remarkable. Yeah, they still have some questions in their secondary, but overall this defense has looked really good this year, and I think that's that's what slows down the Rams enough. Uh, Cooper Rush has been doing just enough uh, to you know get this team by some weeks. Last week he looked really good, uh, but the defense you know also gave him a big break. Uh, I think they kind of slow down that Rams attack and they give him a chance. But again, I think this is a three-point field goal game, like a last-second field goal game. Uh, but we're, we're gonna have to wait and see. I do. I do want to say I. I don't know if you guys happen to see anything from last week's game. I was gonna let it alone, but very early on in the game, Terry ran a deep route, and I believe it was is Anthony Brown, something Brown, the uh, corner. I think he is uh, for the Cowboys, and Terry literally had to attempt to run through him on this fade. To get the ball, the guy was facing Terry. The ball lands behind him. No flag. The announcers are sitting there sucking him off, like, "Oh yeah, that was good coverage." This, that, and the other. I was like, "But if had it been the other way around, flags would have been flying everywhere." That's what you get when you play Dallas. I just had to get it off my chest. So I, uh, I didn't get to watch much football last weekend because the NFL has ridiculous blackout rules, and I am stuck having to watch the goddamn Panthers every week. <laughs> uh, so it's it's not fun. Yeah, and that's not uh, exactly a team you want to be stuck watching. No. Uh, next game up, we have the Sunday night game. This will be the Bengals at the Ravens. 
Baltimore opens as a three-point favorite. The over-under is 48-and-a-half. Nick, are you taking Yeah, so I'm going with Baltimore on this one. Um, we've seen the struggles that the Bengals have had. We've seen some of their, their highlights, um, but I think that Baltimore is the overall better team. George and I were talking about before we hopped on here. They're 2-2 two and two this year, and they're in their two losses, they've trailed for a total between the two games of 14 seconds. Now, obviously, you know, if you're Harbaugh, you're sitting there talking about finishing games, finishing games, finishing games, uh, which we need to see them do. This is a Bengals team that is never going to, you know, be out of it. They're never going to get down on themselves. Uh, so we need to see the Ravens finish this game. But I think that they have the team to do it. Yeah, I agree. I, I <laughs> Anyway, stroke, man. Um, I agree. I think that the Bengals are kind of on that Super Bowl slump. Uh, I think they made the Super Bowl. And we've kind of seen them show, 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 yeah, I'm having a stroke now, some good play. I really like the uh, White Tiger outfits last week. Oh, yeah. But I just think that, like you had said, only 14 seconds have they trailed in games combined. Those two games were to the Bills and the Dolphins, two of the best teams that we've seen so far this year. Um, I, I think that, that all of that, coupled with Lamar still fighting to try and get the contract that he, feel he feels he deserves, I think that all is just going to continue to power this team this entire season. Uh, I'm going with the Bengals. Uh, <laughs> one, I, I think they kind of turned a corner last week. They finally got their offense to click a little bit. Uh, but two, I think the Ravens just find a way to lose this. Uh, I think that's going to be their MO this season. It's, it's going to be what keeps them out of the playoffs uh, is they're going to lose these, these stupid games that they should absolutely go there and win. Uh, they're dominating these games, and then they just let teams come back in. Yeah, I understand it's, it's the two best teams, you know, like you said, with the Bills and the Dolphins. Um, I think the Bengals, like I said, I think they're going to start improving. Uh, they're going to make their push for the wild card now. Uh, and so I have them picking up a big win here. Um, and the last game we have is the Raiders at the Chiefs. This is the Monday night game. Uh, this will be 8-15 on ESPN. Kansas City opens as a seven-point favorite. The over-under is at 51, uh, which I think is low. But uh, Nick, who you think? Yeah, I'm going to go with the Chiefs on this one. And I, I just want to state it right here on the record. I'm going to come out and say I was wrong about the Raiders. Um, I don't know how your offense gets worse when you add Devontae Adams, but somehow it did. Um, their defense couldn't stop an ant if it was walking on the sidewalk in front of them. Um, I, they're not the team that I thought they were going to be. Uh, and Kansas City. While they haven't been great, uh, their only loss this year is to, oh, yeah, the Colts, um, which was very surprising at the time that it happened. Uh, but I, I don't even know what to say about it. Um, the Chiefs are still one of the best teams in the AFC, uh, arguably in the NFL. And like I said, the Raiders just haven't looked like I thought they were going to. Um, if there's a game for the Raiders to come out, by all means, it could be this game. Uh, the Chiefs defense isn't necessarily elite, um, but I, I just think that Kansas City's the better overall team. Slade. Yeah, I agree. I'm going with the Chiefs here. I think that the Chiefs have had one stumble game this season. It was against the Colts. Uh, they really didn't have their offense clicking as much as they would. I mean, you look at any other quarterback and you'd think 20 or 35 for like 260 yards is a great game for them. But he only had one touchdown in that game against the Colts. And so I think that their offense is really what drives their team, obviously. And so I think that as long as they're really fast-paced, that high power offense that we see week in and week out, I think that they're able to get the win here. Yeah, uh, I'm going with the Chiefs as well. Uh, I, I don't think there's any really debate here. I think they're putting up 51 on on the Raiders themselves, uh, but we're going to have to wait and see. 
moving on to the next subject, uh, it is time to review week five of college football. Uh, we'll go over some of the scores here and update you guys on our standings. Uh, so let's get right into the games that happened on Saturday. Uh, it was announced Saturday night that Michigan will once again be the Fox Big Noon Saturday game of the week. Uh, I'm getting a little sick of seeing them. Real quick question. Is the, is the Penn State game next week at, at noon? I can't uh, remember. I don't know. I don't think they've announced it yet. Yeah, I was going to say. I was gonna say if it is, it's probably four weeks in a row. Yeah. Five, whatever. Um, but uh, so let's get into these these scores here. So Michigan goes into Iowa. They had not won it. I, I found this surprising. They had not won in Iowa since I believe it was 2005. Uh, they go in there and they get a big win, 27-14. J.J. McCarthy didn't look outstanding, uh, you know, not like Heisman material, but he did look very good uh, and kept the mistakes clean. Somehow Spencer Petras threw for more yards than him, though. Uh, Peaches closer 246 and one touchdown. McCarthy 155 and one touchdown. But McCarthy didn't have to throw the ball that much because Corum went off with the 133 yards and one touchdown. Um, moving to the Ole Miss Kentucky game, uh, I would say game of the week. Um, went down to the wire. Levis fumbles on the final drive. Um, Jackson Dart looks really good at 213 with one interception. Uh, and Will Levis throws for 220 yards and two touchdowns. I think Kentucky's Achilles heel and Nick, you and I talked about this. Like, there's there's no way this would affect them at all. But they had an extra point blocked, and then they muffed the snap on another extra point. If you make both of those, you're driving down the field. You're down by one. Uh, you know, they were throwing shots at the end zone because they won the win. Um, but if they're in a situation where they're down by one instead of three, uh, they, they can kind of sit back and, and, you know, not take as many shots. Set up for a field goal, but they can't do that. Will Levis is stripped. Uh, Ole Miss gets a huge win, 22-19. And I think the absolute surprise of the week, Illinois curb stomps Wisconsin 34-10. to uh, I forget his first name, but DeVito for Illinois. Uh, three rushing touchdowns. Wisconsin had three turnovers. And, of course, the big news is that Paul Christ was fired on Sunday in Wisconsin. Uh, so, guys, we'll go through, go through all these. All three of these games, good God. Uh, we'll go through all three of these games quick and get your thoughts on them. Uh, Nick, I'll go to you first. Uh, yeah, so real quick, the Michigan-Iowa game, um, it went down just about exactly, you know, how we kind of expected it to go down. Um, Iowa put up a better fight offensively than I thought they were going to, um, but Michigan just pe- proved to be too much. Uh, UK and Ole Miss game, that was great. Both quarterbacks, uh, Levis and Dart, had highs and lows. I think Dart, um, I'm not sure. I don't remember exactly. I think he's still young. I want to say like a redshirt sophomore or something. Um, so if he ends up coming back next year, I think that he could have a very good season next year. So that'll be something to keep an eye on. Levis obviously is at, at this point rated one of the best quarterbacks. I, I think that he's currently projected to be the first quarterback off the board in the draft. Um, so it, it was a little weird to see him stumble, uh, not just the fumble on the final drive. You know, that can happen at any point. But there were some points in that game where um, he missed some plays that he would normally make, uh, which I'm sure, you know, everybody was watching. Uh, but a good game nonetheless. And last but not least, the um, Wisconsin, they fired Chris. Um, I had actually read somewhere that uh, due to the fact that they weren't really reaching where they thought they were going to be this season, um, their defensive coordinator, who is now their interim head coach, um, I read that they actually wanted him as their head coach, but they were worried that if the whole season had played out, that they would end up losing him somewhere. Um, so, you know, with the team not playing like they they want them to, 
uh, they ended up firing Paul and, you know, moving him up so that he can at least see like, hey, this is your job if you want it, all that stuff. Uh, so that'll be interesting to keep an eye on as the season goes on and into the offseason. Uh, but nonetheless, 34 to 10 is not what I thought this score was going to be. Slade, uh, your thoughts on the games? Yeah, I definitely thought that Michigan was going to score more points than that against Iowa. I mean, we did see that Iowa this season has been able to keep the game scores low. Nick has been able to catch the under in a lot of games there. Um, but, yeah, I definitely saw them scoring at least another score. Um, did not happen. I mean, Corum has just been unstoppable this season. And then in the U.K. Ole Miss game, I, I really thought that Ole Miss was going to be able to get the win. I didn't think it was going to be honestly this close. I thought that they were going to win by at least a touchdown or so. So I was honestly surprised to see that a field goal was all that separated it. And really, Kentucky's mistakes is what separated it because, like you guys have both stated, had Kentucky not had two extra point misses and a fumble on the final drive, they had a really good shot at winning this game. And then the last one, Illinois versus Wisconsin, I believe – was I the only one that picked Illinois? Yeah. I, I, For some reason, ever since I see that, saw them play Penn State last year in that nine-overtime game that I left early and missed the longest game in college football history, um, I, I just think that like these mid-level Big Ten teams, that they're able to grind out a win against them. I definitely like, did not see them scoring 34 points. Uh, I definitely thought this would be like a 13-10 to 10 or a 14-10 to 10 type game or something like that. But, yeah, it was, it was definitely interesting to see that they were able to put that many points on the scoreboard. Yeah. Uh, just real quick, last couple of things. I think Wisconsin is going to rue the day they fired Paul Christ. Uh, I think he was one of the best coaches in the Big Ten. Yeah, they're having a down year, I understand. But, I mean, you can only do so much when Graham Mertz is your quarterback. Um, <laughs> a lot of players on that team are upset that he got pushed out. Uh, and, listen, I understand there's a lot of hype around this defense coordinator. And, forgive me, I can't think of his name right now. It's um, like Lorehead or – yeah, I don't know. But um, he also just gave up 34 points to Illinois. So, okay. Um, but, yeah, I think it, I think it's a mistake. Uh, and as far as Michigan goes, one, the under did hit in this game by one point. The over-under was 42, and the total was 41. Uh, and they have not announced what time the game is for Penn State next week. Okay. Right. Uh, but, I, was, I didn't think they did, but yeah, I didn't feel I like mean, we, we all know it's going to be. Uh, yeah. It'll be big noon kickoff, boy. Uh, next set of games. We had Navy Air Force. Uh, Navy uh, loses, unfortunately. Uh, Air Force gets the 13-10 to 10 win. The surprising fact out of this game, there was 285 total passing yards from both teams. Uh, Air Force had a 56-yard touchdown pass. Um, and, of course, uh, uh, the total rushing yards were 314. I can't believe it was that close. Um, and Air Force had the game-winning field goal with 414 left. Uh, Alabama just steamrolls Arkansas without Bryce Young. Uh, he left the game in the second quarter with a shoulder injury. Uh, Jay Gibbs came in for Alabama. He, he looked pretty good, uh, 206 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, that is a running back, by the way. Um, and Arkansas trailed 28-23 entering the fourth quarter. They came out of the second half just firing on all cylinders. They closed the game up. A lot of people thought, hey, you know, Bryce Young's out. Here's, here's Arkansas's chance. And Alabama just steamrolled them in the fourth quarter. Uh, and the Wake Forest-Florida State game, uh, I had high hopes for Florida State, and I should have known better than the pick against Wake Forest, who I've put so much hype into this year. Uh, but Sam Hartman, 234 yards and two touchdowns, and Travis for Florida State, 281 yards and three touchdowns. Wake Forest gets a big win there, 31-21. Uh, Slade, we'll go to you first this time. Just your thoughts on these games. Yeah, so I was seriously surprised. I, I 
thought that Air Force would at least put up three rushing touchdowns in this game. And just to see 314 as the total rushing yards in the game was just crazy. Uh, I did not see this much defense being played in this game. Um, the the Alabama-Arkansas game, it was like you show here, 20-23 entering the fourth quarter. I don't know what it is, but it's almost like teams are only able to play them for three quarters. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's I, I they're able, I mean, with a backup quarterback, which it's Alabama, so their backup quarterback could probably start at like a Penn State or in Illinois or something like that. But it's just crazy to see that they're able to to distance themselves that much in, in that amount of time. And then the Wake Forest, um, Florida State game, I, I think that I definitely was hoping that Sam Hartman was going to be able to ball out like he did. He, he did just that. But I, I thought that this game was going to be a little closer than what it was. No, Nick? Yeah, uh, so Navy Air Force game, I uh, uh, Big shocker passing yards, like we all talked about. Um, I wouldn't have been surprised if the passing yards was under a hundred total for the game. Um, but nice to see a little change of pace. You know, it, defense is expecting you to run. You start throwing some balls. Hey, whatever. Um, as far as the Alabama Arkansas game, um, I, I think that you know, twenty eight to twenty three, and Bryce Young, last year's Heisman Trophy winner, comes out. Um, you know, I I can't sit here and say that it probably all came down to effort, but when you're down five. Um, you know, were they number two team in the country? I think they were. Last week, yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, number two team in the country. They're starting Heisman Trophy winning quarterback just goes out, and you're going into halftime, or going into the fourth quarter, not halftime. Sorry. Um, you got 15 minutes left, and you should be balling out. You should be, you know, busting your ass for every play. And <laughs> we're talking. Uh, this is a lot of math for me to do. 21 points. Um, that you allow in the fourth quarter when you had the chance to win, uh, to upset Alabama. Not a great effort. Definitely not what you want to see. Not the team that I thought Arkansas was going into this year. Um, And last but not least, Wake Forest. Yeah, you were definitely wrong for doubting them. Um, You know, Travis put up an effort, 281 for three touchdowns. He tried. I also thought this game was going to be a little closer. I thought it might come down to a field goal at the end of the game. Uh, But you know, Wake Forest came out, did what they were supposed to do, and that's all you can ask for, uh, you know, from your team. So, yeah, uh, and then just the last thing I want to talk about with the Alabama Arkansas game, uh, it wasn't even that Arkansas hung with them for three quarters. I mean, they were down twenty to seven going into halftime. Like Alabama was rolling in that game in the first half. I don't know what coach, uh, I believe it's Coach Hartman, told them at halftime, but they came out and played great in the, th- the third quarter. And I guess he said the reverse at the, the team huddle in between the third and fourth quarter because they just packed it in. Um, but, yeah, you can't put yourself in a situation. I mean, I understand, hey, if, if they lost by, you know, 10 points or even 14, whatever it may be. Uh, but the fact that you packed it in that bad that you only scored three points uh, in the entire quarter and Alabama was able to put up 21 more, uh, that's just – it's not going to get it done, especially in the SEC. Um, next set of games we had, we had Cal Washington State again. I think a game a lot of us thought were going to be a, was going to be a little bit closer. Cal hadn't been outstanding or anything so far this year, but they had looked really good in a few games. Um, only put up nine points, uh, held the thirty-one yards rushing as Washington State rebounds from that tough Oregon loss. Um, Ward for Washington State looked really, really good. Uh, three forty-three uh, for three touchdowns. He did have two interceptions, so. Um, Moving on to the West Virginia-Texas game. Uh, Texas, I, there was no doubt in this game at all at any point, I think, uh, that they were going to lose this. 
they get a big win, 38-20. Card looked really good this week. Uh, 303 yards for three touchdowns. JT Daniels, uh, 253 for one touchdown. Uh, in Texas, they did have a pretty big lead. They kind of get they gave up some points in the fourth quarter there. Uh, they led 35-7 to entering the fourth. And college game day was at Clemson for Clemson NC State. Uh, it was a 10-point game, but at no point did I think Clemson didn't have control. Um, DJ Uyunglele for Clemson, uh, 282 total yards for three touchdowns. Uh, Leary for NC State, 245 yards and one touchdown. Uh, NC State held to just 34 rushing yards. Uh, so, Slade, uh, your thoughts on these games? Yeah, so I definitely thought that Washington was going to be able to steamroll Cal like that and get a nice, solid win. Um, I, I definitely I didn't watch the fourth quarter of the Texas-West Virginia game, but I'm just assuming that maybe they were resting some of their their better players at that point, and that's how they were able to uh, – to put up a 13 points there in the fourth quarter on them. But uh, I, I definitely thought that the NC State Clemson game was going to be closer going into the game. But like you said afterwards, um, Clemson pretty much had a stronghold on this game from the start. So that was really interesting to see. Uh, I definitely thought that they were going to struggle in this game. Yeah, um, I'm on the same page as Slade with the uh, Washington State Cal game. Um, I, I thought it was going to be a tad closer, but I, I thought that, you know, Washington State was the clear better team in this one. Um, Texas looked really good. Uh, you know, if Card keeps putting up games like this, Quinn Ewers, too. Um, you're talking 303 for three touchdowns. Yeah, it's against West Virginia, but that's not a slouch West Virginia team. Um, you know, Daniels looked good, 253, one touchdown. I, I agree with Slade. I, I didn't happen to watch the end of that game either, but probably some garbage time. Um, but it, even garbage time, like, you know, that shows you how your depth is compared to other players' starters. So that's definitely, you know, something to be, I don't want to necessarily say concerned about, but, you know, at least be weary of. Um, and, yeah, I, I thought, uh, we had talked about in the show, I thought NC State had a chance of um, upsetting Clemson. Um, I think there was a better chance of that last week, but I think NC State had a chance this week. Um, but, yeah, Texas, or, uh, Clemson really came out and kind of looked like the Clemson that, their uh, ranking, you know, says that they are, and we haven't really seen that this, yet this year. So that'll definitely be something intriguing to keep an eye on as the season goes on. Can Clemson continue to play at this level? Because this is not a bad NC State team. This is a good NC State team, and, and Clemson came out and did what they had to do, which, like I said, we haven't seen all season. So um, this could be a dangerous team, uh, you know, for two teams sitting at three and four right now are Ohio State and Michigan. Um, obviously those two teams play each other at some point. So Clemson is in perfect position if they can keep playing like this to secure that fourth playoff spot. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've said it multiple times this season. Clemson was not a number five team in the country. Uh, this is the first week that they came out and really showed that, you know, they, they are getting back to themselves. Um, I would probably put them at five now. I don't think I'd have a choice, but uh, as far as NC state, I mean, I, I think I said it Saturday morning and, you know, we used to have Clemsoning, where Clemson would have these really good teams and go out and just fall apart. Uh, maybe we're seeing Wolfpacking. I was going to say NC Stating, but that just doesn't sound right. Um, but NC State has now become that team where they have really good teams year in, year out, and then they get to these big moments and they just fall apart. Uh, so I don't know. We might be headed to that. As far as Texas, West Virginia, I doubted Texas. I got far too analytical with my picks this week. I was like, oh, look at all this history. Oh, every game has only you know been separated by like seven points. So one, I'm not, I'm never doing that again. Uh, but two, uh, I, I think Texas gets back to back wins. Uh, I'll put it out there now. 
And our Saturday game of the day, uh, we had the Big 12 championship game rematch with Oklahoma State and Baylor. Oklahoma State left no doubt at all. Uh, Sanders looked really good, bouncing back from his four-interception game last year in the championship game against Baylor. Uh, goes for 256 total yards and two touchdowns. Shapin from Baylor uh, had his moments, 345 yards and two touchdowns, but two costly interceptions. And Jaden Nixon for Oklahoma State had a kick return touchdown to start the second half of the game. Uh, that was an electrifying moment to see. Uh, Nick, uh, your thoughts on this game? Yeah, so, um, you know, obviously just the stats that we have up here on the board, you got the kick return touchdown to start the second half. That's seven points right there. And then two interceptions. That's two scoring opportunities that Shapin took off the board. Um, you know, this game, yeah, it's an 11-point game, but in all reality, it could have been 11 points the other way, um, you know, barring a special team stop and, you know, not having those two interceptions. So, um, you know, these two teams could end up seeing each other again later on in the season uh, in the championship. So we'll see how, you know, all that folds out. I'm not sure exactly what everything looks like as far as standings and whatnot um, at this moment. But uh, if it if they do end up playing again, I, I could see that game going down to the wire. Um, you know, these teams were pretty evenly matched. Like I said, that's, you know, seven points and then two, um, two drives or points are taken off the board. So, um a good game to watch, though. I, I watched a decent amount of it, and then what I wasn't watching, I was keeping track of uh, on the ESPN app. So, um, entertaining Saturday. It was a great pick game of the week. Yeah, I agree. I think it was a great game. I think that uh, going into this game, I think I picked Oklahoma State and the over, which was at like 50-something, mid-50s, maybe 55, 56. Um, so, both of those were able to hit. I, I feel like it was pretty close to what I thought it was going to be. I think one of those interceptions would have resulted in a touchdown, making it a little closer. I think that it should have been closer than 11 points. Um, but, yeah, aside from that, I think this game is kind of sort of what we, what we expected, you know. Yeah. Uh, I mean, what I took away from this game is Oklahoma State has established themselves as, as a clear favorite in the Big 12. Uh, you know, obviously they lost their championship game last year. There was a few question marks around that team. But, I mean, overall, everybody knew what they were bringing to the table. There were so much higher expectations for Baylor. I think everybody thought this was going to be the Big 12 championship game yet again. Uh, for me, I don't see a clear number two in, in the Big 12 yet. Texas, from week to week, looks like a completely different team. We saw them struggle against Texas Tech, and then they go out there and they take care of business against West Virginia. Um, Baylor has looked really good at times, and then you look at this game and the BYU game, but they go out there and they their offense just disappears for, you know, drives and they, they can't seem to get it back. Kansas is undefeated, yeah, but, you know, how much of it is, of it is a fluke? How much of it is, is for real? TCU, same thing. Um, they've looked impressively good to start the season. Uh, they have a tough stretch coming up that's kind of going to prove it. Uh, for me, my, my biggest question mark is just who is the number two team in the Big 12 right now or, or even tied for first if you want to go that far with Oklahoma State. Uh, Oklahoma State has done a great job establishing themselves as a clear favorite, uh, and, and the fight for second is going to be very interesting. Uh, and so we're just going to wait and see how it shakes out. Uh, updating our standings, we had our first 10-0 and picker. Uh, shout out to Slade. Uh, going 10-0 and on the week. Uh, still not good enough for first place, though. Uh, as he sits Made up hella ground, though. Yeah. Hella ground. Uh, he now sits at 39 and 18. Nick leads away at 40 and 17, and I am just trailing behind at 34 and 23. Uh, still within striking distance, but we're, we're hanging back there. Uh, the cash out picks um, Nick is at 13 and 7. Slade's at 9 and 12. He finally jumps over me after being tied with me for weeks. Uh, and I had I did not have a good week. I go 7 to 13. 
Uh, and of course, we give you our updated Jack Wagon Sports top 25 rankings. Uh, Alabama and Ohio State stay the same. Michigan jumps Tennessee because Tennessee was on a bye week. Uh, Syracuse <laughs> goes all the way from not ranked to fifth, uh, but that's because they beat up on Wagner 59 and nothing. Uh, so take that with a grain of salt. Uh, Ole Miss uh, stays at sixth. Georgia uh, drops down from fifth to seventh. They also lost the number one spot in the AP poll. James Madison jumps from 13th to eighth. USC. Uh, I just want to, before we get too far, I just want to take a second. That was absolutely like, I seen a meme about it. I, I wasn't even like, it wasn't even a conscious thought to think about the Georgia game. And next thing you know, I seen a meme where it was like 22 nothing. And I was like, what the hell is going on with Georgia right now? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's one thing to struggle against, you know, like, and uh, we see it every year. Alabama at some point or another is going to struggle to put away a bad team um, outside of Texas. But uh, yeah, I don't, it, it seems like Mizzou. Was, yeah. Mizzou uh, bro. Like, that was another thing. I texted you guys, and it was like, uh, Georgia's down 13 nothing to start the second quarter. What is going on? Yeah, I didn't even see the text. I literally, like, I opened Facebook for, like, three seconds, and there was a meme there. And I was like, what? And I went and checked ESPN. I was like, oh, my God, they're not kidding. Yeah. Uh, USC stays at night. TCU jumps from unranked to 10th. Illinois jumps from 23rd to 11th. LSU falls from 8th to 12th with a close win over Auburn. Uh, Minnesota falls with a loss on the road. Uh, or and excuse me, they were at home against Purdue. Um, Utah jumps from 18th up to 14th. Penn State falls from 12th to 15th. Mississippi State jumps from 24th to 16th with a big win over Texas A&M. Uh, Kansas falls from 10th to 17th. Clemson uh, drops one spot to 18th from 17th. Oklahoma State jumps to 19th from 22nd. Tulane uh, with a big Friday night win in overtime uh, drops from 15th to 20th. UNLV uh, unranked to 21st. UCLA unranked to 22nd. Baylor with another loss from 11th to 23rd. Washington, who also lost on Friday night, falls from 14th to 24th. And Texas sneaks into the rankings here. Uh, just real quick, two things. One about the Tulane-Houston game. Uh, I texted you guys about it. Those Houston jerseys were absolutely clean. Uh, I, I oh, think yeah. I... I think you might have fallen asleep by that point, but I told Slade, I was like, they looked like the Friday night light jerseys just with like red outlining. Uh, yeah. they, they looked clean. And uh, UCLA Washington game, I, I have said it the past few weeks, too much faith is being put in Penix Jr., uh, too much faith is being put in this Washington team. They go on the road and UCLA just shows out at home. Um, I can't think of the QB's name, but that juke move on the goal line where two dudes took each other out and he just walked into the end zone yeah. was something else. Uh, and then, of course, falling from the rankings, Oklahoma dropped out from 16th. Western Kentucky, uh, who was only in there because they steamrolled somebody 73 to nothing, uh, lost last week, and they are now out. Florida State drops out. North Carolina State drops out. And Kentucky drops out. Uh, and so that will wrap up our College Football Week 5 review. Uh, as I just always, wanted to say real quick, I, at this point, if I'm the Big Ten, I just say screw the West. Like, if Ohio State is undefeated, don't even make them play nobody because nobody in the West right now wants to win that division. It's I, like that every year, though. That's yeah, that's fair. I mean, uh, we should just do away with the West. We, we gotta go back to the Legends and Leaders Conference or uh, division. We're gonna put USC yeah. and UCLA over there and try and get some some sort of game. Uh, they should honestly, because like, I mean, other than what the year 
No, that was last year. The one year Iowa was pretty damn good, but other than that, it's usually like, oh, somebody who cares. One of us will end up. Turf came up against Ohio State. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, unless Wisconsin is really good, there, there's nobody good in the in the Big Ten. Yeah. Even even that year, Iowa was really good. Uh, I think. I mean, we saw Michigan State go to the playoffs and just get steamrolled. Um, yeah. But yeah, and I was I was looking at this the other day. Um, there needs to be more bowl games between the Pac-12 and the Big Ten. Like, I think the only one we have right now is a Rose Bowl. There was another one. It was like the it used to be the Red Box Bowl, but it, it's the one in San Francisco. Uh, but I desperate because I feel like Penn State and Oregon are on such like the same level right now. I would kill for both of them to make a bowl game. He wants just, that game to happen so that somebody has bragging rights for life. Because it yeah, won't exactly, <laughs> exactly. Oh my God! Could you imagine this podcast? I mean, oh, I, I pray Oregon joins the Big Ten so we can like every, every they, other they year. A game and uh, Bo Nix and Sean Clifford combined for seven interceptions. Oh my yeah. God! They'll throw for like six fifty, seven interceptions, three <laughs> fumbles. All three of us are going to be standing there screaming at the TV to put the backups in. But no, oh yeah, the TV. That was... We'd have yeah. to be there for that game. Yeah. If they play in the Rose Bowl, that is. Well, listen. If it's Bo Nix and Sean Clifford, I'm not going to that game. I'll wait for the next year. I, like, but that will wrap up the Jack wins. Jack wait. Oh my God, we can't talk today. This show that, that we're doing currently. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that will wrap up the Jack Wagon Sports Podcast on the Jack Wagon Network. Uh, we thank you guys for checking us out this week. Uh, as always, this is our weekly podcast. Uh, please like and subscribe. Turn your notifications on, uh, and. Don't forget to join us Saturday morning, 8 a.m., live on our YouTube uh, as we do our Out of the Tunnel weekly podcast. This week, our game of the week, we have Texas-Oklahoma, the Red River rivalry. Um, And so we're excited to talk about not just that game, but all the other games going on Saturday, bring you some headlines, our bets, and so on. So make sure you guys join us live Saturday morning, 8 a.m. on our YouTube. Uh, I think that's it. Have a great day.